faces in here that I haven't seen in a while, some new faces, it's all good. Um, I love Christmas. It is the most wonderful time of the year, amen? It is the best time of the year to talk about Jesus because we're celebrating his birth, right, when Jesus took on flesh. And so I want to talk to you this morning um, kind of, again, about the Christmas story. Last week, if you remember, we looked at the Christmas story, and I kind of called it the prequel. We looked at before Jesus' actual birthday, and we looked at what happened on when uh, Mary visited Elizabeth. You remember that? Aunt Liz, I'm here. You remember all this? Uh, we talked about how in that Christmas story, the Spirit of God was getting on people. For 400 years of silence, right, between the Old Testament and New Testament, there was no prophetic words. The Holy Spirit wasn't coming on, on anybody. And then all of a sudden, at the announcement of of John the Baptist, right, coming onto the scene, there's all this spirit of God gets on Zacharias, gets on Elizabeth, gets on Mary, gets on baby John, right? The spirit of God's coming out, spirit of prophecy is coming out, all these prophetic words are being given, being fulfilled. Um, and I, I love that Jesus does that. He brings prophecy. He brings the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said that uh, I, I baptize you with water, but Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, it's better that I go so that I can send you the Holy Spirit. And so there's all these things that we we're talking about last week, which is so good. But I want to look at the Christmas story, and I feel like we're going to, I don't know, I, I, lots of, I could say we're going to dive deeper, but we have 25 minutes, so we're probably going to do a crash course. Um, I can talk fast. Can you listen fast? Okay. Um, I've been accused of talking fast a, a lot since I've been the pastor. Um, sometimes I just get excited, and when I get excited, I start talking really fast, and then you can't understand all the words I'm saying because I'm, I'm so excited. Um, um, but I am. I'm excited. And to me, I want to talk to you this morning about the joy of Jesus. The joy of Jesus. Jesus brings joy. That's who he is. He is full of joy. And I'm just going to mess up my sermon and tell you some things before I'm supposed to say them. Because um, I, always, I always say this. I know you guys don't care. And I always say it every Sunday. But I prepare a sermon. And then I get up here and Holy Spirit's like, say this now. I'm like, that's not why I'm supposed to say it. And it messes, for me, you have no idea. It sounds like a, a, maybe it sounds like an educated sermon to you. Maybe not. That's okay. I don't care. Um, but I have an educated sermon up here. And then it just goes, whoop, And then I just get to say whatever the Holy Spirit says. So I love this. I love that Jesus is full of joy. In John chapter 14, he says, my joy can get in you and can get on you and come out of you so that you'll be so full of joy that it'll be mature and complete and overflowing. This is what Jesus says. He says, my joy may, might be made full in you. That's Jesus's prayer for us. He wants his joy. Jesus, uh, um, David, right? Another famous character. He says, Jesus, would you restore unto me the joy of your salvation? That you're such a good God. I need joy. I've just gone through something difficult in my life. I just, he went through a sin and repenting and all these broken things he did. And he says, in order for me to get out of this pit I dug myself into, I need the joy of the Lord. I need the joy of the Lord, as Nehemiah said, to become your strength. Nehemiah said this, this important verse, right? The joy of the Lord is your strength. When did he say that? He said it on a holiday. This is the holiday season. Nehemiah said on a holiday, and the entire nation of Israel in Jerusalem had gathered together and they were all crying and weeping and mourning and actually, in a good thing, repenting. They just heard the word of the Lord where they had missed the mark and they're crying over their, over their sin and they're repenting before God. This is like every evangelist's dream. They just heard the gospel message and they're all on their knees crying and begging for mercy. And Nehemiah says, Stop crying, stop weeping, this is a holiday. Start rejoicing because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So am I saying it's wrong to repent, it's wrong to cry? I'm not saying all those things, but I'm saying at a holiday, there's times and seasons and opportunities where it's not time to mourn, it's time to rejoice, it's time to be glad. And the Christmas season is a season to be glad. 
It's a season to rejoice. I, I know, I can, I can talk for a lot. All of us, we go through different emotions during the holidays, right? There are people that I love dearly that I will not get to celebrate with this year because they've already gone home to be with Jesus. There's people I won't get to see that are family that live out of state, out of country, that I don't get to see this year. That can make me sad, but I choose to rejoice because this is a holiday. And so I, I want to tell you, um, oh man, okay. I'll say it now, we'll say it again later. Some of us, this is kind of like an encouragement, but also, can I say this gently? The Lord slaps me, so this would be a slap. If the Lord was talking to me, it would be a slap. The way he talks to you, maybe he doesn't slap you, so he's not slapping you, that's okay. But if he talks to me, this is a slap. So some of us need to repent our way back into joy. That sounds like, wait, what? Like you repent, repentance is brokenness and crying and weeping for love. No, some of us need to repent our way back into joy. Nehemiah said that, stop crying, stop weeping. You have a very valid and reasonable reason to be weeping, but stop it. Amen. Repent, stop doing that and start rejoicing. Start doing the opposite. I don't feel like rejoicing. I don't care what you feel like. Repent your way back into joy. Amen. That's a slap, right? I get it, you weep with those who weep. There's all these things, I understand all that. But this season, what God is saying this morning is this is a season to be joyful. In fact, God's word says this. David said in the Psalms, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it. All right, so really quick, let me do a crash course. Instead of reading the whole Christmas story, I'm gonna cherry pick some verses throughout the Christmas story that talk about joy, because guess what? It's all over the Christmas story. So I have the verses here. You can, you can look it up in your Bible if you wanna double check that I, I did it right, but I'm just going to have them flash up on the screen really quick. Um, first one, Luke 1, This is the angel Gabriel to Zacharias. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. I, without even getting deep, I think it's a prophetic word to the church today. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at the birth of Jesus. I know this is about John the Baptist, but this needs to be said. You will rejoice. You will be glad. Right? And many other people will rejoice because you're rejoicing. They're not rejoicing because we're not rejoicing. I think this world sometimes lacks joy because the church isn't modeling it very well. So this is a prophetic word. You will. Oh no, you will, Zacharias. You will rejoice and you will be glad. All right, we'll get back in that one really quick. Another one, just going through these verses because I could preach too long on these. Luke 1, 28, angel Gabriel to Mary says this. The angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And I better read the next verse because I could preach that right now, but I got to go back to it. Keep going. This is Mary's response in Luke 1.46. Mary responds to the angel Gabriel. She says, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Another one, Luke 1.44. We read this last week. This is Elizabeth. Talking about baby John inside of her. When I heard your greeting, Mary, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Love that. Keep going. Luke 2.10. This is the angels. Then the angels said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which is for all people. All right. We'll do one more. Matthew 2.10. The wise men. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with a little bit of joy. No, with exceedingly great joy. So I want to go back really quick and look at these. 
I call them five different opportunities. Oh, I'll ask you a question first. And you already know the answer, so don't think about the answer because you already know the answer. But think about this. Is joy, don't answer yet until I get done. Is joy a gift from God or is joy a choice? Don't answer yet. Or is joy a command? Or is joy fruit? Yes. Yes. Joy is a gift from God. David said it. Restore unto me the joy. I can't earn it. I can't deserve it. I can't manufacture it. It comes from you, God. Would you just give me your joy? It's a gift. Undeserved favor from God. Joy. It's a gift. It's also a choice. I will. I love what David says. Soul, it's time to bless the Lord. You don't feel like it, but it doesn't matter. My, I will be led by my spirit. I'll be led by the word of God. And God's word says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. So I don't care if I feel like it or not. I am going to rejoice. Soul, you listen to me. We're going to rejoice right now. It's a choice. I set before you joy or chaos, joy or grumpiness, right? Scrooge, do you want to be Scrooge or do you want to be full of joy? It's an option. You get to choose. Circumstances don't dictate your joy. I read a whole bunch of definitions of joy and I have them in here. I'm not going to get there. My definition of joy after reading all the Webster Dictionary and the 1628 and all these different things, my definition of joy, celebration of good. Joy is when I am celebrating the goodness of God. The goodness of God that's already in my life. The goodness of God that's promised to come into my life. I can rejoice before I actually obtain something. Because I know God's, I can take to the bank, it's been promised to me. So I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. I'm in the fiery pit, right? I'm in, a, I'm in the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm in the fire, I'm going to rejoice. I don't know if I'm going to get saved or not, but I'm going to rejoice in the God of my salvation. I'm going to say, I'm rejoicing because he's my savior. I can be in the lion's pit and I'll rejoice. Lions all around me, but I'm rejoicing because he's the God of my salvation. I'll rejoice, doesn't matter the circumstances, doesn't matter the situation, I choose to rejoice. So let's get back in. I'm preaching all over this place. You can't tell I'm excited. So Luke 1.14, put that back up there. And you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. This is Zechariah. I'm gonna say Zechariah. At this point in his life, he was an older man. He was a priest. It says earlier on in the chapter that him and Elizabeth were righteous and walked in all the commandments of God. This doesn't say that this is my own, this is... Ryan, maybe not Pastor Ryan, this is just Ryan. Take off the pastor. This is my own commentary. I, I view Zacharias as someone who's doing what's right. He knows the letter of the law and he's walking it out, but he doesn't have joy. Why do I think that? Because I've done it. I've shared the testimony several times. When I obeyed God to submit my resume to become the youth pastor at this church, I didn't want to do it. And I thought, oh, whatever, I'll go do it. I'll turn the resume. Grumbling and complaining to become the youth pastor of this church. I'm just being real and honest with you. And then they hired me. And I didn't want to be the youth pastor. I was obeying. I knew what God told me to do. God told me, you're supposed to submit. And then God says, if the door opens, you better walk in it. I was obeying. I was walking in righteousness. I was walking in according to what God's word said, but I didn't have joy. Can I tell you? I know for a fact that's sin. For me, that was sin. To walk in obedience without joy was still missing the mark. Can I say it this way? 
I can have Jesus in my life. It's capable, I am capable. Ryan is capable of having Jesus in my life, saving me, taking me to heaven one day and not have joy. And it's not because Jesus didn't give me the gift, didn't give me the opportunity. It's because I didn't know joy. I, didn't, I, I love the sacrifice. He didn't know joy. In a sense, he didn't know Jesus. I think people that don't have joy, people that are grumpy, they don't know Jesus. If you really knew Jesus, he's full of joy. What does God's word say? In his presence is fullness of joy. If little kids were running towards Jesus all the time, do you think he wasn't full of joy? This guy was radiating joy and smiles and beaming with the goodness of God. Everyone wanted to be around him, yes, because he did miracles. Yes, because he was so educated and he can refute all the Pharisees and Sadducees. But I, I submit to you that kids wanted to be around this guy because he was full of joy. Full of joy. In fact, getting ahead of myself here too. It says this, that for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Is Jesus still currently enduring a cross right now? So does he have joy? Jesus has joy. According to God's word, Jesus has joy. He's obtained joy. He got more of it. Jesus was already the fullness of joy, and yet somehow he got more. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just in God's word. He is the creator of joy, and yet he obtained more joy. He knew joy. Zacharias, I, think, I just submit to you, this is the repentant, repenting our way back into joy. There are some of us, and I'm pointing like, when I point a finger, like three more fingers pointing at me, so I'm pointing at you, pointing at me, more so. There are some of us that you're walking in obedience, but not joy. It's time to repent your way back into joy. Don't be a grumpy Zachariah who's, well, God never gives me what I want. I'll obey him, but he doesn't give me what I want. And then God shows up and says something to you, and then you're complaining for nine months, not with your mouth, because... The angel shuts your mouth. He doesn't want to hear all that complaining, so he shut Zacharias' mouth. I've seen this before about peace. Have you ever seen a bumper sticker where it says, no Jesus, no peace, and it says it again, no Jesus, no peace, but it's spelled differently, right? N-O, no Jesus. You don't have Jesus, you don't have peace. No Jesus, no, no peace. But K-N-O-W, if you know Jesus, you know peace. I say the thing about joy. No joy in your life? That means you have no Jesus in your life. If you know Jesus, then you know what it is to have joy. You can be a Christian going to heaven in this room. And I'm telling you, if you don't have joy, there's more to know about Jesus then. You've got to get to know Jesus a little better because he's full of joy. Hmm. All right, because we got to go quick. I told you, it's crash course. I could talk more. Mary, so Luke 1.28. This is the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I know, trust me, there's been multiple people that have told me and reminded me that in God's word, it says he has no favorites. I know, it's in scripture, I know. Can I read to you what this scripture says? Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you, and blessed are you among all women. Sounds like Mary's his favorite. <laughs> this is how, when I spend time with God, this, is, this isn't what I'm hearing angels. This is what I'm telling God. God, your favor is all over my life. And I get it. I'm telling you, Mary had to choose joy. That's, that's the point of this verse. 
I'm telling you, I get it. There's people that in my life I could go through, I could try to get you to sympathize. I, my sister's not going to be with me to celebrate Christmas. I have pictures that come of my memory feed of Auntie Gina with my kids. That's hard not to have my sister with me in Christmas. But I choose joy. Uncle Joey, my brother-in-law, he's not going to be here. I choose joy because those two people were filled with the joy of the Lord, and they're in his presence with full of joy. So I don't grieve as the world grieves. I have a hope. So I choose joy. I choose joy. I choose to look at my life. Man, I am God's favorite. Even in the midst of difficulty and pain and loss, this is the lens I choose to look through. These are the glasses I wear. I am highly favored. I tell myself, maybe that sounds arrogant and pride-filled, but I tell myself, I have to tell my soul that often. Ryan, you are highly favored. Look at your wife. Man, you married up. That's God's grace, right? I look at my kids, right? Just yesterday I went to an awards banquet. My kids were getting all these awards and go to think Joshua scoring goals left and right. I look at my kids and it's not just their achievements. I see them worshiping God on Sunday morning. Two of my kids laying down on the ground just enjoying the presence of God. I am highly favored everywhere I look in my life. I'm highly favored. I recognize that, man, I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. My God is with me. He'll never leave me or forsake me. I am blessed. I am blessed. If you haven't heard that song from Maverick City, bless me, bless me, bless me, Lord, indeed. You got to turn it on. It's good. I am blessed. I'm highly favored. This is how I choose to look at my life. And because I look at that way, I'm full of joy. I'm celebrating the goodness of God that's in my life. I would have lost heart or I would have lost my joy unless I believed I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I don't lose heart. I don't lose my joy because I tell myself, oh, it's goodness is all around me. I'm going to find that goodness. I'm going to celebrate God's goodness. I choose joy. Hmm. In fact, can you, can you say that? I choose joy. It's good. Let's go on to the next one. Oh, man, that's still Mary. Did we do it really quick? Ah, let's skip. We already did Mary, right? My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit, we talked about that, right? You can tell our soul what to do, so we'll move on. Baby John jumping up a joy. I love that. Okay, Luke 144, right? Luke 144. When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. I'm calling this one. John the Baptist joined. He joined in on the joy. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where someone has come in the room. Oh, man, Christmas movie just came in. Elf walks into his dad's board meeting. I'm in love. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it, right? And the angry elf is staring at him. You guys, anyone know this movie, right? All right, all right. He doesn't care who knows it. It's meant to be infectious. But that South Pole elf got none of that joy, right? I'm telling you, when I see joy, I'm joining it. Whenever I, I experience joy, I'm saying, that's my joy too. If you got a testimony, if, if I'm, there's lots of sickness going around. If there's someone that's sick in my family, but I hear about someone else's family and they got healed, I'm joining in that joy. I'm not saying, oh, how come my family didn't get healed? If I need a new car, and somebody else gets a new car, I'm joining in on their joy. I don't care whose joy it is. If I see someone joyful, I'm joining in on it. I, I love this. In early morning prayer, we talked about this. Sunday school trivia. After Jesus 
was baptized in water, went to the wilderness, and came back and started his public ministry, what was his first miracle? Water into wine. Thank you. Everyone's scared to say it. Like, no, water into wine. All right. I did that nice way because I could have tricked you. What was actually Jesus' first miracle? While he was a myopic fetus in his mother's womb, this Jesus comes into Elizabeth's house, and that Jesus causes a six-month-old baby to jump for joy. I submit to you, maybe Jesus' first miracle was giving someone joy because he's so full of joy. Even in the myopic fetus, he gave off joy. I'm thinking, Jesus, his joy is here all over the earth. Are we receiving it? Are we joining in on it? I told you that, that in his presence is fullness of joy. God's word also says that when one sinner repents, all the angels throw a party and they start dancing and celebrating, singing songs. They're rejoicing up in heaven. I'm telling you, I want to join in on the heavenly choirs. I want to join in on what's going on in heaven. I'm joining in on joy. I'm not going to let someone else's joy not be my joy too. Hmm. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, He rejoices over you with singing and dancing. Jesus has joy over you. You are the joy set before him. I've said it before, and sometimes in my expression of worship, my wife, she went to all kinds of dance classes all through schooling. She led the dance ministry up here. So I know what it is to correctly dance. And I look at my feet when I try to dance, I'm like, I'm not a dancer. So I've said it, well, I'm not a dancer. All I know is if Jesus causes people to jump for joy, if Jesus rejoices over me with dancing, if Jesus is full of joy, I'm joining in however he does it. If Jesus dances, then I'm a dancer. If Jesus sings, then I'm a singer. If Jesus does whirls and twirls and spins, then I will whirl and twirl and spin. I'm joining in on expressing my joy however Jesus does. Hmm. All right, let's keep going because we've got two more to get to. So Luke 2.10, these are the angels. I bring you good tidings of great joy. I told you that heaven is full of joy. But Jesus gives this command to his disciples. The disciples actually ask Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? And we call it the Lord's Prayer, but really it's the disciples' prayer. It's, it's our prayer, what we should be praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The angels were bringing joy from heaven. They said, we bring you good tidings of great joy. They were bringing what was going on in heaven and they brought it to earth. And then Jesus says, this is the way you should pray. You should pray that you learn how to bring things that are in heaven and bring them to earth. And in heaven, his presence is full, which means his joy is full. I heard a pastor say this and I've already scratched the surface to try to meditate on it. He says, the currency of heaven is joy. Like our currency here, the American dollar, like you want to buy something, you have to obtain and then you can buy, you can use it to obtain something else. And this pastor was saying that the currency of heaven is joy. You want, you want to get that? Well, you've got to pay some joy for it. You've got to celebrate the goodness of God and then you get that. I wonder how much in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven here on earth, it's the currency of heaven. We have not because we ask not. I wonder, it's we have not because we rejoice not. 
I was thinking about this. You're going to get some that are good and some that are corny. You ready? All right. So I was thinking about this, how the joy of the Lord is your strength. And so I started thinking about this. I, I wrote this down. The joy of the Lord is your strength means that when you are not full of joy, you are weak and prone to attack the enemy, to attract enemy attacks. So I wrote that. Then I said, if your joy level is lacking, expect the enemy attacking. It's like, I don't know, you turn on, uh, was it National Geographic or all those TV shows where, where a lion is trying to hunt a, a herd of zebra or whatever it is? It's the slowest one. It's the one that's lacking strength. The one that lacks something, that's the one he goes after. It's easy prey. When you're lacking joy, it's like radar. You just set off a radar beam for all of hell. Oh, let's go attack that one. So I, I kept writing. I'll say it again. That, that first one was actually pretty good, but it gets worse. Don't worry. If your joy level is lacking, expect the enemy attacking. When your joy is over the top, you can expect the enemy to flop. When your joy is full, the weapon formed against you is dull. If strength comes from exercising joy, then don't be a wimpy little boy. Go to the joy gym to become like him. Man, I should be a rapper. You should write these down, Benjamin. We should have some lyrics going on here. Told you they're getting worse. But there's truth in that. We've got to exercise our joy. It's a gift from him. It's a choice, but I've got to work it out. I've got to bring what's in heaven. I don't currently obtain it. Then I'm going to rejoice to obtain what I don't have. Uh, says this in Isaiah. Is it 60? Not 61. I think it's 60. Or maybe it's somewhere around there. I, I'm really bad with addresses. Where he says, rejoice, O barren woman. For more children are going to come from you than the one that's married and already has children. The command was rejoice before you actually have what you want. Rejoice. That's how you obtain it. Rejoice. Rejoice. All right, man. Okay, so that was the angels. They're bringing from heaven to earth. Last ones, right? The kings. So it's Luke 2.10. Now it's Matthew 2.10, both about joy. Matthew 2.10 says this, right? When they saw the star, they rejoiced with joy. If it just said that, they rejoiced with joy, is that already redundant? Can you rejoice without joy? So it says rejoice, they rejoiced with joy. That's like already repetitive. They rejoiced with great joy. They rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. How do we know they did that? Because it says it was just the wise men when they saw the star. This is actually after they saw it in the east and they traveled for over a year to get all the way to Israel, they show up to King Herod. They say, where's the king? He's like, what king? I am the king, right? And they said, no, a new king was just born. What, where, right? And they said, well, once you, Herod says, once you find him, come tell me so I can worship him too, right? And then the wise men leave, and it says they saw the star, which they'd seen in the east. They saw it, and it guided them over the house where the child was. And when they saw that star, and they knew that's where Jesus was, that's when they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. I submit to you, it wasn't King Herod that wrote, they rejoiced exceedingly joy, great joy. I think they were exceeding with great joy when they got to see Jesus. They were carrying that joy with them. And Mary, who was pondering things in her heart, told the whole story to Luke, right? Luke and Matthew, they, they're recording all these events. They're getting this, these wise men, can I say it this way? 
It was exceeding. I, I keep saying about knowing, joining, uh, choosing, right? All these INGs at the end. Theirs was exceeding. There's always more joy. I don't care. Whoever has the most joy in the room, you can have more joy. <sighs> Couple of things. All right. When I say wise men, I think of someone that's got a real long beard that does this, that ponders and thinks deeply about things. And for whatever reason, because of the culture and day and age I've been grown up, I've lived in, I picture the more intellectual you are, the more stuffy you are. The more knowledge you have, the more you get puffed up and look down on others. The more you have a reputation, the more power and authority you have, the more like, I'm not gonna, it's, it's too beneath me to be like a little kid and twirl around in circles. I, I wouldn't do that. But these wise men, the most, maybe the most educated men on the face of the planet at that time, were the ones that were expressing and displaying more joy than anyone had ever seen before. I submit to you, God's looking for those who will express more joy. This Christmas season, he's looking for you to be exceedingly expressing great joy. It's a gift. And with gifts, you have to receive it. You have to ask for it. There's things my kids aren't going to get for Christmas because they never asked me. I've asked them, what do you want for Christmas? They don't tell me, then they're not going to get it. I, I don't know what they want. Some of you need joy. I'm just being honest with you. Some of you need joy. You need to ask for it. You need to receive it. It's a gift. You don't earn it. It's not because you were, you're not on the naughty list. You can be on the naughty list. And you can ask for it. And he'll give it to you. And at the same time, you need to choose joy. You need to choose it. It's a choice. You just want God to just drop it in your lap. And he's saying, I already gave it to you. Now choose it. Do something with it. Hmm. As the worship team comes on up, we're going to finish with one last worship song. But is there a way that you can stay focused? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? We just went through a whole bunch of different, like I said, crash course in the whole Christmas story about joy being everywhere. Is there joy everywhere in your life? Is there an area of your life that's lacking joy? I submit to you, it's not Jesus' fault. I submit to you, you don't have to leave lacking any joy. You can ask for it. You can choose it. You can express it. And I, I found, I'm not saying I'm an expert in this, but I found that as I begin to laugh and let loose a little bit, it becomes easier to laugh even more. Have you ever watched like the movie Elf? I, I've watched it by myself like what's in the background, and then I don't really laugh that much because I'm doing other things. And I've watched it with other people, and I hear them laugh, and then I'm like, oh, then I start laughing. And then they hear me laugh, and it's contagious. And laughter, Scripture says, is good medicine. Some of you need some medicine. You need to take your joy pill this morning. <laughs> the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Anywhere you're lacking joy, means you didn't go to the gym to become like him. <laughs> the good news this morning is, it doesn't matter how weak your joy is. You can ask Jesus, can you give me your joy? Can you strengthen me with your joy? I choose to repent this morning, God. I repent 
from wallowing in self, self, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I choose to turn my eyes upon you, Jesus, because you're full of joy and I want your joy. So we're gonna have an opportunity, just a second, I'm gonna have you stand. We're gonna sing a song, but I'm gonna let you know, you can do it in your pew, wherever you're at, and you can receive joy. Some of you, you need to come forward. Some of you need to come forward to get prayer. Some of you need to get forward and actually not get prayer. You need to express joy. I, I don't even know what song we're singing, I, but you need to express joy. You need to do it like the wise men to start doing it in an exceeding way you've never done before. Or like I've done a little jig before in church. Maybe it needs to get a little bit bigger. I like I sang quietly in church, but maybe it gets a little bit louder. Whatever it is, can you increase your level of joy this morning? So I'm gonna pray. God, I thank you that your joy is real. It's not just an emotion. It's not just a fairy tale. It's not just some cherry on the top. Well, it's extra. I don't really need it. God, I thank you for this morning that you're saying that without your joy, I'm a wimp. Without your joy, I'm walking in sin. Without your joy, I'm not looking like you, Jesus. And this morning, God, I, I submit to you. I need your joy. And I want it any way you have. God, if you can just graciously give it to me, I receive it. If it's something I need to walk in obedience, God, I'll do it. Whatever it is, God, I just want to bless you. I want to honor you. I want to bring you more joy in me expressing joy, in me choosing joy. So God, would you be glorified? Would you be worshiped? Your word says, you love a joyful giver. That's not just the giving of tithe and offering. That's in giving anything I can give to you, God. Giving a sacrifice of praise, giving my time, giving you anything, I can do it with joy. And it makes you happy. So I choose joy this morning. I choose to give you praise. I choose to give you glory in joy, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Would you stand with me if you want prayer? If you need to express joy, come on.